Welcome to Risk Roundup. As traditional computers give way to tablets and smartphones, Internet of Things and more, the need for symmetric communication between we, the humans, and different forms of computers is becoming essential. We are at a stage where different forms of computers and machines are not just receivers of human instructions, but they are collaborators that are able to connect a full range of natural modes, including language, gesture, facial, or other expressions that are hands-free and non-visual, and it is becoming so more important than ever. As we see communication between man and machine is evolving, there are strong indicators that in the coming years, we will move past a QWERTY and touchscreen world and be able to talk to our electronic devices or computers to communicate with them. This is largely due to advances in conversational AI, that means artificial intelligence, and will undoubtedly have a huge implication in the way we do things in the coming years. The emerging AI-powered conversational interface could completely redefine in how individuals and entities across nations, its government industries, organizations, and academia operate. To discuss conversational AI further, I am delighted to welcome Dr. Deepak Srivastava to Risk Roundup. Dr. Srivastava is the co-founder and CEO of Tycoon Robotics. In addition, he is an award-winning ex-NASA technologist and a serial entrepreneur with his current startup, Tycoon Robotics, focused on AI robotics, interactive voice response devices, chatbots, chatbots and IoT for home and enterprise markets in healthcare, hospitality, gaming, and customer service industries. He is based in United States. Welcome, Dr. Shivasta. We are so very honored to have you on Risk Roundup. Thank you very much for inviting. You have a very interesting forum, it, and it addresses very uh, pert, uh, pertinent uh, issues and so on on a variety of new technology. I'm impressed by what I have checked your background. So thank you for inviting me. I appreciate it. Thank you so much for your converse, Dr. Shivasta. So for the benefit of our global viewers and listeners, let's begin by a very basic question. What is conversational AI? Uh, yes. So actually, uh, if you try to define even a robot as compared to human being, what are the essential uh, skill sets or quality? Ability to talk, uh, ability to see, scan and understand things, and then ability to move and do some physical or mechanical functions. So if we have three capabilities, then you have a working, functioning, walking, talking robot, right? So one of the key part is ability to talk. And that's where when we use artificial intelligence uh, to use voice-based commands to talk with a machine and ask machine to do it at the human-machine interface, that is the area of uh, conversational AI. Yes, no, that's a very good description. So basically, these AI systems are computer systems that can communicate with uh, not just computers, but with people in That's ways right. that feels natural. And then they solve problems uh, that, you know, could help us humans and they get smarter over time. So that is a, a pretty amazing advances that we are seeing. So at this point, what does conversational AI is able to do? 
so at this point, actually, uh, those who are a little bit familiar with the field, there are, uh, at least in the Western market and even in uh, Eastern countries, uh, very popular devices are coming up. And you may have heard about it. Uh, for example, from Amazon, you have Alexa, which has the ecosystem of devices. Then you, uh, And even before that, I think uh, since iPhone is very popular, so let me pick up that example. So Siri is a character or a personality, which is a purely a voice-based uh, interface or interaction uh, with the devices. So, 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 and that provides, actually, Apple was the first one to provide that uh, first uh, voice-based uh, human-machine interface. And so we are ability to, we have the ability, we can talk to it, and but mainly at this stage, it is about uh, giving some command. And in response to your command, it performs certain tasks and some utilities. So even though the topic we are talking about is conversational AI, uh, I would put some qualifier. We are not there yet. We are almost there and we are getting into it. And I will explain a little bit more as we go along. Oh, no, I understand that. So when you say the uh, man-machine interface that are, we are developing or this conversational uh, man-machine yeah. we are developing, what is the status on that? What are the different platforms that are available and where we are able to go with the technical capability that we have at this point? Yes. So if you, at this stage, uh, there are four or five uh, dominant uh, platform and they are done by uh, big corporations. And there are some small companies or startups like ours. We have our own platform as well. And I'll uh, tell you the differences as well. So major platforms which are very popular on available all over the place, like you have uh, Siri from uh, uh from apple and then you have alexa from amazon then you have hey google from google then you have cortana from microsoft then you have watson uh, watson from uh, ibm and then there is also some smaller ones but these are big players uh, uh, bixby uh, from samsung so if you think about it uh, all of these are huge big uh, uh, players or big corporations and then there are a small company like us. We have our own, and and and. But that's where the uh, uh, my Silicon Valley attitude comes in. Is that um, there's no reason not to do it if only big players are doing it, as long as we have some differentiation and we are willing to cross the line. So we have our own, and its name is Smirk. And Absolutely. Yeah. You're right about that, that, you know, there's no reason to stop. But when you say that there are so many different platforms being developed, some large corporations are like Microsoft, Google and Facebook, yeah. uh, probably. You know, Facebook yeah. also has it. Yes. Yeah, they, they all have their own platforms and uh, the entrepreneurs like you, startups, you know, small organizations, they're also creating their own uh, platform. So uh, are these all platforms open in nature or you are all developing, you know, very closed ecosystem on your own? So by definition, then if you then again step back and, and think about it, uh, all the platforms uh, developed by all the big players, which I just mentioned, they are actually closed because uh, at the end of the day, it's a business. And from the business viewpoint, uh, uh, if they have to develop skill sets, they have to develop applications. If they have to develop the whole eco business ecosystem around capabilities, services, products around it, 
So basically, they would like to have a control and on that. So in a sense, Google's uh, uh, platform is based on underlying operating system, which is Android, right? And then Siri's uh, again underlying operating system is iOS. And uh, Cortana is based on, uh, again, Microsoft Windows and integration with Office, which these are very popular software. And similarly, Facebook is trying to develop things around Messenger as a platform and now WhatsApp as a uh, platform to provide new capabilities and services and so on. And, and then the biggest player is, uh, which I was kind of missing in the link, was Amazon, right, and Alexa on the whole ecosystem of devices. And, and, and in last just two years, I think first devices were introduced, which are called smart speakers, which actually use this platform technology. They were introduced 2014, 15 as something new and different. And uh, like 2018, there would be 58 million devices shipped into customers' homes. So growth rate Whatever be the so year to year, actually, what have been the projections by the marketing companies, research companies, it is overshooting those expectations. So, so in a sense, people are liking this idea, and which is what like hands free from anywhere in the room, you can communicate with its device. Right now, it's giving you answers, performing utility tasks, but then it can do computing and other things later on as well. So, so that's where it is there. No, that that that. Uh, so, so they are not open. Yeah, let's I, coming. Well. I understand yeah. that they are not open and they are closed. But when you think about the security, complex security challenges that would emerge from that, because, like you said, you know, there are so millions of devices being sold. You know, that uh, are based on all these platforms, and then you know, each of these. Uh, Platform has a closed ecosystem. So if there is any security challenge, then, you know, it's going to be very difficult to manage the complex security challenges because there are going to be lack of uh, standards. All of them will be operating with different standards. So it's going to be interesting to see how we, you know, go forward on that. But it seems that any single interface with digital devices that we can think of at this point, can either be replaced or augmented with these AI-enabled conversational interfaces in the coming years, if not now, in the coming years. So would you say that AI is the new user interface amidst a culture that is driven by automation? And as we see, you know, everything, uh, every, all business processes and everything are, you know, in the process of getting automated. You know, AI is... Uh, going to be the de facto standard and it will take over, you know, most of the uh, business processes or, you know, even the government processes. Uh, and, you know, uh, it's going to transfer fundamentally everything in how we do things. So how do you see it changing the nature of the human ecosystem, irrespective of whether it's a government, industries, organizations and academia? And even further, if you think about it, you know, in that uh, how would we be communicating with uh, not only the computers, man, machine, but also how we'll be communicating with, uh, uh, you know, animals or, you know, insects or anything, you know, that you can think of plants, you know, that's growing in our yard or, you know, or in farms, everything we will be able to use this AI interface and we'll be able to communicate with them. Yes, yes. So, so that's very uh, interesting uh, question. And it obviously has a, uh, big implications uh, towards future. 
So stepping back, so all these uh, AI at this stage, AI interface and uh, conversational AI interface, especially um, again between device to device and device to human, it sits on top of underlying computing system or computer operating systems. And for example, three dominant systems are still Android and then Windows and iOS, right? So for all the machines and robotics, uh, the ecosystems are revolving around that. And obviously Amazon have their own. Uh, Samsung have their own. So so, th- so that's why things are evolving around that. So obviously, so the level of, uh, uh, for, let me address the first issue um, which you mentioned in, 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 in this uh, question or comment to us. Uh, about the risk and security and privacy issues and risk spreading through these devices and so on. It would be similar to the dominant uh, operating system, computer operating system, because at the end of the day, uh, because to think of these uh, conversational AI is not the underlying computer operating system. It's the UI UX, which is what you correctly pointed out. It's the yeah, uh, uh, machine human interface that is changing so now let us coming to the second part of uh, question uh, as to where it's coming and where it's going so one key thing uh, and and there have been market research reports and my own experience and i can give you an example is that why is it so popular so uh, a key part, uh, which I think uh, it is turning out to be a game changing, which when Amazon introduced, I means Siri was there, if you think about it, like Apple had Siri as a voice interface, right? But it's still that really did not click and did not introduce anything new. And it picked up only after Amazon released uh, Alexa through Eco. Eco Dart, Eco, now Eco Show. It's a family of devices. So that family of devices is called smart speaker. So what happened was that a smart speaker could be anywhere in the room. And you can come. It's like when we human talk. If two humans are in the room, then I don't have to go and touch them. Like all these touch-based interface, think about like touch screen, right? Or all these uh, computer or desktop laptop means I have to really type text and all those things. So that goes away, right? And I could be anywhere in the room. And if I say, hey, Alexa, what is time of the day or order my food? So, so that gives, gave human being uh, a freedom freedom to operate, to be anywhere in the room. So that's the essential thing. And at that point, it started to click in. Means even if, let's, and my uh, basic premise is this, let's assume that uh, Amazon had released Alexa on Kindle kind of flat devices where you have to hold the device, then people will still not be realizing that what is the big implication. Biggest implication is it really frees you as a user or as a human being from sitting in front of a computer. And that's a big deal because that gives you a lot of freedom. Your mind can think, you can look outside the window or you can, like in my backyard, I can look at the pool and flowers and think on my creative things and it still work, right? That's the, that's the creativity and thinking part of it. But on top of that, this is the biggest thing. And this might be a funny example. Like at my age, if I sit on computer or like working on computer for two hours, my back hurts, you see? 
And and in last 50 years, uh, we are sitting in terms of flat screens for entertainment and then computers like TV. Irrespective of how big or small screen is, it's really like you have this focus perception and everything is going away because then you can just think and talk. And uh, if you have a smart conversational AI in the room, it will catch up what you're saying. And uh, if you're asking it to perform a task, it will do it. If it can do then it will do it. If not, maybe say, I cannot do it. Or, and at the same time, like it can tell you jokes, it can sing songs. That's what it's doing. Like, so, so that kind of a unifying factors that, uh, 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 that kind of clicked in. And uh, so after Amazon, Google jumped into it. Apple has jumped into it. Sonos, quite a few speaker makers are jumping into it. And this market is going at a very fast speed. Yes, absolutely. So it seems so. I mean, you are right that it gives us mobility. We don't have to just sit on the chair and, you know, look at the screen all the time. We can do a lot of things and we look forward to that where, you know, even uh, uh, if I want to write my book or I'm writing something, yeah. I don't have to sit in front of the computer. I can just dictate that and uh, it it's uh, already typed and, you know, ready to go. So that those are amazing advances. So do you think that it's time for everyone, each entity across India, that means governments, industries, organizations, academia, everyone, they need to start evaluating the disruption that is coming their way because of these voice-based interfaces? Oh, yes. Yeah. Yeah. So, so at least uh, uh, as far as I'm aware, uh, uh, both um, enterprises, I would say, in any anytime when new technology comes in and then when consume and especially most many new technology actually if they're highly technical thing they come through enterprises but then if you think about it in this case it did not come through enterprises it came through means of course chatbots text-based chatbots were there where you still have to let's say uh, type on your uh, smartphone or a laptop or something like that right but this voice, purely voice-based interface really came and, and everyone got uh, aware of it through consumers. So enterprises and business and industry immediately took notice of it. And that's where the race has started because now there's a big, because devices themselves are making like billions of dollars for these big players. But at the same time, then the enterprises also realize it. So in that order, so let me say, so West has take, adopted to it. And the number I told you about, like a projection of 58 million devices shipped. That's just US market. And then you add on top of uh, Western, U like this is, and I think it's not US, it's North American market. Then you add U uh, Europe and then uh, uh, then uh, Asia and Japan, Korea, no, China. China actually is the, so is a, uh, Highest is, is still the U.S. market. Then China is number two with 4.4 million devices shipped. And rest of the world is about 13 point. That's the actually uh, projection for 2018 is. And I do because I originally am from India. So I do keep track of things there through newspapers. So I started to see some news and uh, things about it uh, in the newspapers and uh, websites and so on. But I would still say it's not there yet. Means people have not realized it. So that's from the industry and market perspective. And uh, because I was at NASA and I know how government works, at least in the U.S. Uh, and so agencies work. So they have taken note of uh, 
voice interface and they are also adopting it so again first year western government will do it then asian government and india and other countries will kick in to that and so you are right everyone has to be aware of it because it could uh, dynamically change many things means even office structure how you make offices and how people work habits will change so you have to be aware of that absolutely absolutely so how do you see businesses integrating this conversational ai to their digital initiatives in the coming years do you see some trends uh, yeah so at least uh, so what is happening is this trend wise uh, at least so, so there are three i would say even in the let's say uh, uh, there are like uh, two steps have happened first initially this text based uh, chatbots came Uh, which kind of uh, were uh, uh, prevalent in uh, customer services industry or like even the when you go on to call center right sometimes someone comes on the website and start typing text for you and you can communicate so that was the first step then they realizes in a text to text communication if they inter- and but there was no ai in the beginning all i'm saying that approach came in first then they started to introduce ai then they realized that if they can introduce ai into it they can automate some of those functions and that introduces a certain efficiency and cost saving but then uh, then then now with the purely voice based interaction not text based chatbot so certain industries uh, they kind of were the early indicators that something is happening which really come from tech support customer services and also those kinds of or inquiry and so on those kinds of services first and uh, now it's being followed up those are industries still will be the lead but then the, with the conversational ai and voice based capability you now which is with then lead into call centers and customer services tech support call center that will get automated and then uh, uh, even like uh, when you going to a mall or a hospital lobby hotel lobby and all those things many of the greeting information and those functions could be performed by a simple machine just being there it need not be a full robot like it's just being there with the display like or, or think about it like uh, which is actually i'm pushing the thing even we are making something like that is uh, right now even when we watch tv at our home consumer uh, right it does gives us entertainment but also there's a pre-programmed and also um, uh, a passive entertainment right you can choose but once you choose then you have to watch that thing for half an hour or you have to switch 10 channels so things have started happening so now switching channel would be voice based right or or you can tune it to and so on but at the end of the day uh, uh the, that uh, technology is already coming that you can interact with your tv and you can have the characters and so on so so that would lead to next year so there are many it, it's coming from different kinds of sources and pools and directions and so on sure sure no i see the value of it because i'm thinking that if someone uh, visits risk group website yeah then you know there could be interactive dialogue there okay what are you interested in if you are interested in ai uh, related roundups then these are the you know different roundups that they have been done this is what the research uh, that has been conducted by risk group that may be of interest to you if somebody is yeah. interested in blockchain so that kind of interactive dialogue you know could make it really very exciting because right now everyone would have to go and you 
know, click on the categories and then <laughs> choose right here. So it's it's very different. But I mean, this is uh, where we are right now. But in future, if we are able to develop that, it would be very interesting that people who are visiting this group website they would have a really good time because it it's not going to be dull. You know, just clicking and typing and you know looking at things, but they would have. And then even also, if there is a capability of summarizing, like you know, each roundup that uh, okay, you want you don't have one hour to listen, then you know, let's just give you a short, you know, summary of this. So if that uh, capability is that, that would be pretty amazing. I hope. You yeah, it's coming that. up actually, and we are like, and other people are coming up as so. So there are two pieces to it, like a capability uh, for of AI to scan documents and summarize thing, understand it, and then. Uh, maybe make a short abstract or short point, so which is what you're saying. So based on what your interest is, or you can just ask questions. So, so it's a basically a two-step process in the in all AI. First, you have to train it, but once you have trained it, then you can release it to the public. And then, uh, of course, in the beginning, it would be maybe eighty percent, eighty-five percent, ninety percent, or seventy percent accurate, right? But then more and more users use it, then it gets trained on to the use itself. Yes. And then accuracy start to increase from 90, 95, 97, and so on. So 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 there are quite a few new areas uh, are opening up. Another when you were talking, another example uh, uh, that came to my mind, uh, which is worth also uh, looking big into, is like you know, like um, uh, uh, smart cars or uh, self-driven cars or automotive industry, right? So think about it. Uh, uh, even in the automotive industry. Uh, when we drive, especially long distance driving, for example, here, Bay Area, San Francisco to LA, seven hours drive or nighttime driving, people have a tendency to feel tired, feel fatigued. And in the nighttime driving, even if they have drunk coffee, then after two, three hours, they start to feel sleepy and something. So it's not that they don't have interaction or they don't have entertainment they don't have information in the current car in the sense you have radio you have cds and you have even some displays and so on so th things are there so key difference which you mentioned which could be again on your risk website and so on is the interactive engagement which is different uh, that when even if you put a news channel on or a music channel on, then my, your mind gets tuned off after 5, 10, 15, 20 minutes. It takes over. But interactive entertainment means I'm listening to what you are telling me and I'm responding to you. Yes. So it turns out that even the, and there have been studies, even myself, like I drive a lot. But if I'm on a phone, just even a phone call onto, I'm not saying with a robot now, but in future, it could be like that. But like if I'm on a phone call and driving, I don't feel tired because my mind is thinking yes. and I'm more engaged. Similarly, people always say that for nighttime driving, if your front seat companion is talking to you, then you don't feel sleepy. And if this talking is interesting, of course, if the talking is boring, then of course you will feel sleepy. Yes. But if it, so that's where the key part is also. That's the next step is really engaging you. And once we get engagement, of course, uh, everything has both positive and negative. But once we get engaged and it's a positive engagement, then happiness comes in, satisfaction comes in. And then you don't feel tired, actually. And you don't feel at my age that backache. 
<laughs> even if you are driving five hours or two hours, <laughs> that's my clear example. So, so in a sense, uh, many times I think about how I am feeling and what I am feeling, what my body is feeling, and then try to pick up a problem. <laughs> so that if it can work for me, then it will work for us as well. Sure. No, you are absolutely right that that dialogue and involvement and interaction is so very important. And as we are trying to develop these uh, interfaces uh, that could be used uh, across industries, across nations, I think one challenge would be that that they will have to you know be familiar with all the languages because. Human languages are so, there are so many of them and they're so complex. I mean, uh, even in United States, if you see, you know, there are people who speak English, people who speak Spanish or and Mandarin or Hindi or Gujarati or, you know, yeah. all kinds of languages. So, and I think there are probably 6,000 plus, you know, known languages in the world. So right. uh, how will this conversational AI develop fluency? In all of these 600 plus languages, if we are trying to create that global, you know, language interface that everyone can, you know, communicate with everyone without uh, having, uh, you know, the barrier of the language, how would we, how would you go forward with that? Yeah, that's a, that's a very good question and very pertinent to the future of this field. So first from more from the practical viewpoint, because at the end of the day, if there's a market and a business uh, to drive it, it's going to happen one way or the other. That's why one of my basic assumptions is. Now, having said that, uh, there are 600 to 1,000 of languages and you say dialect and spoken style or accents and all those things, right? Uh, so, but at the end of the day, at least from the market and business perspective, there are 15 to 20 uh, languages per se, uh, without going into the fluency first. So, beginning would be done by this, uh, covering 15 to 20 languages. Then now go in the AI part uh, or think about the architecture of the system. At the end of the day, like when I speak to a computer, uh, right up front, there is a speech-to-text uh, translation. That part is easy, and that's fairly standard. It has been commoditized, and it has been spread into so many languages. So, so that front end, when I say something to a machine, is there. And, and, and because of Google and some other open source platform, quite a few languages are already included in that. Now, at the back end, when machine or computer respond, then it's a reverse, like then it becomes a text-to-voice interface, or voice translation. That's all. So these two are being, I would, I'm trying to say, is already done, taken care of at a fairly good stage. And, and, and I have friend, my friends from India, they, when they talk, I see they write in Hindi and all those stuff. All these things are there. So that's not a problem. Now, the problem comes in is in a bigger sense, that's where the fluency comes in because then there are nuances, which is called the second step, which is NLU, natural language understanding. But understanding, then there's a contextualization, there's an intention, then there's a local colloquial meaning of that. That's where you're talking about the difficulty comes in. And in that sense, I, uh, I do agree with you. It's a, it has a long way to go. So the way it will evolve will be this. That's what um, my, my, my speculation is, or maybe prediction is this. Uh, for the beginning, and beginning means first maybe one to five years, this uh, really good system in just even eight to 10 languages would be good enough to really spread the 
devices, applications, users, business, government, everything, right? Yes. Then you have, uh, which is what you say, go into even, let's go to India, like you have a 23, 25, some number of languages, right? So that will happen because that, that really, and many times this have happened really depends on, and, that, and it will happen precisely the same way. How big is that market, right? How driven the people are, uh, market, uh, market about products and services at the end of the day. So either it's going to be driven by some government thing or, but mostly the market. Uh, so that's where uh, it's a local culture and local nature of the people come in. Uh, and my example would be, let's suppose like uh, it's being exposed to, and this is just an example, not to do a comparison, but uh, you understand that. Like, let's suppose it's being introduced to India in English, right? Then there are regional languages. And then basically some of the more outgoing entrepreneur re regional language people, they will drive it. They say, no, we want in this language too. And then it depends on the entrepreneur natureship of um, someone from North India, South India. I don't know that that's up to them or, or like, but so there are technologies which is available, but you are right that when you go to the nuances, we do have a long, and which is really the next stage of development because we, if, you, if you have to think about it, conversational AI is the technology of future. And, and now let me step back. Actually, we are at the first step, which yes. is what I say. It's not there yet, but potential has been there. Market has been there and devices have been there. And now big players have announced and we have also done some demo and is there. And so, but it has not reached to that specifications and maturity. Uh, but but it will it will happen. It's a matter of like you can say again, five to seven years or ten years. Sure, absolutely. I mean, it's uh, not everything can happen you know, immediately. This is the first step that the scientific community technologies have taken, and you know there is a lot more that can be achieved. But when you you just talked about the potential, yes, I mean we have visualized the potential, we see the value of it, but we are talking still only about the man-machine interface. You know, yeah. when we are talking about the capabilities of artificial intelligence, I think we can go much more for broader, you know, much further. I mean, there are a lot of animals, for example, uh, that they can sense if earthquake is coming or, you know, uh, if uh, there is going to be a tornado or if uh, there is going to, the weather is going to change or anything, you know, they, a lot of animals and insects and birds, they have that capability to see the things that we are not able to see, you know, the humans, they have the capability to see the changes happening in nature. So if the artificial intelligence is focused on them and, you know, if they develop that interface to communicate what they are seeing to humans, then the value that we will get from this, you know, uh, technology that we are developing, the conversational AI, that is going to be so huge because we will be able to solve so many problems that we humans are not able to solve with our own intelligence. If we use the intelligence of other species, then, you know, this artificial intelligence, the platform and the interface that we are developing, that would provide a tremendous, tremendous value. But that is still, you know, a long way, probably, you know, 10, 15 years. But that is something that, you know, scientists like you, the technology people like you can think about how to take the advantage or how to benefit from the intelligence that is, you know, ants and, you know, insects and animals that they, you know, have 
that they can you know predict things they know when the earthquake will happen they know when the disaster will hit how can we benefit from that and how can we use these platforms to get that intelligence and communicate to humans in a manner that we can understand effectively but that will be dialogue for some other time you know uh, i look forward to talking with some scientists about it but let's look, to have this human like conversation involves a deep understanding of the domain and the context so do you think the algorithms ai algorithms at this point are able to achieve that yes yes so 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 uh, let's say let's just have, and uh, but let me also address your other part actually before giving you the answer to the, this thing because i think it's a very uh, and this is first time i'm hearing uh, that uh, concept uh, of uh, going to communication and and learning from animal intelligence or animal sensing capabilities as well so i i like that idea and it registers in my brain for future but so but let me step back and and say is this way partly uh, 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 objects and things are being digitized and that field is called internet of things you may have heard that and i'm sure on the risk round up someone may have talked about which is what it is right you are putting sensors and devices into things like and and that's the whole thing like uh, we have our let's say conversational ai by itself in a dongle or a usb thing so i can just plug it into my lamp and i can plug it into my washing machine i can plug it into my piano or something and it will give them capability to talk to me but talk to me in a conversation or language which i train it on and and means that's a human thing right so that part i have no doubt it's going to happen it's already happening and there's a market for it there are users for it that field is already there just to clarify but the second part which mention which is pushing the envelope so there are two ways a is a two step process is a understanding the intelligence or the perception or intuition of an animal right that's a skill set that's all factor things that's a skill set so once i have to learn what it is and then create the similar capability in artificial or smart sensors with sensor we speaking capability so that would be the kind of transformation but that's certainly feasible so 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 your idea i like it and so it's not that all of a sudden and actually reality is i do have a dog i have a big german shepherd i would not like him to talk to me like a, another human being <laughs> that, that would be really boring i want to like i like him to being a dog and be my friend right and he give me so much love and effect so i'm saying is there are parts is there where, where we would not like to change it but then from the interaction we can learn Exactly. and then replicate those things in the digital devices and digital capability that's what i'm saying we don't have to talk to the animals but see the animal senses for example my dog you know your i have a, two yorkies and one one of that is very sensitive to thunderstorms so when yeah. it is going to get bad she would go and hide under the couch so it, it, that is just i mean we can see that okay something bad is going to happen because she's you know getting scared 
but these kind of we don't have to talk to them but these kind of visual indicators like you know animals will start uh, when the weather is going to get bad they will just start going away hiding you know birds will fly away there are a lot of visual indicators if we can train the ai yeah, to see that's that certainly do it exactly that's certainly we don't know i mean it would be nice i would personally like to communicate with all animals and birds and you know every uh, living thing out there but but you know we, we don't have to do that in the first step yeah you know long term goal but if we can even use their intelligence yeah use this at this stage that's what that's near term that's all i was doing so now coming back to conversation so, so uh, it is at first step in the sense which i said right in the beginning all the voice interface at this stage which is the first stage of conversational ai is mostly utility or command based they understand your simple sentence simple voice command and then perform that task and my example again would be like siri alexa and so on so even the big players are the next stage is instead of simple single sentence means a series of sentence it understand then you have like a human understanding and how do i train my ai on to that which is about what is really the context of what i'm trying to say what is really the meaning of what i'm trying to say and uh, is there everything up front or there certainly i have to understand through intuitional part or, or intention part what is the because the way human being uh, interacts or human conversation happen so even if you just take a complex sentence so textually it could have three or four or five keywords where it could have four or five meaning just from your uh, emotion in that sentence or tone in that sentence and the voice level in sentence then we have this ability to perceive it took long time so that's what i'm saying so these are the so that also gives you the idea so these are some of the next steps so what we are trying to do is uh, first went from a simple command based interface which is already done is doing pretty good it's a matter of building more and more skill sets more and more functionalities into it now second is going into really making a conversation so it's not just one sentence it's a, it's a contextual thing in a sense that let me give you the example let's suppose if i ask siri or alexa uh, uh tell what is weather today right so that's a command and it will tell me the weather today but that's pretty much it right there's nothing to talk but if it's a contextual it tells me its temperature is this so i will complain oh it's very hot then it so it becomes a follow up conversation right so we are kind of pushing that envelope and next stage would be now you start to introduce a uh, uh, human part of it so what do i mean human part which is really like and i wrote some white paper is that uh, Uh, as a target wise there are four e's of uh, uh, four e's i call them it's called human emotions empathy and entertainment leads to an engagement and then if you come back to it when i was talking to you about the uh, uh, situation of a driver in an automobile right he feels or she feels uh, less tired more happy if it's a positive engagement and that could lead to companionship right sometimes we just want to talk so if you think about it, and that's where we are trying to actually differentiate and and the, and there's a big market for it. it's not that because at the end of the day if whatever i want to do if there's no business for it no one is going to fund me right that's that's the hard reality is that very important point sorry to interview made a very important yeah. 
of just needing to talk to someone. And if you look at the United States and pro- probably, you know, each country that there is such a growing, rising loneliness, especially in senior citizens, old people. So, I mean, creating these kind of tools that they can talk to someone, you know, they wake up and they can have an interaction. They can discuss, you know, their, how they're feeling, you know, what they would like to do, what they would, you know, it's just that interaction. Right now, if you see the loneliness is one of the most leading, you know, uh, factors that create so many human diseases. So if if by using this conversational AI, we are trying, if we can create a system or ecosystem where, you know, everyone will have someone to talk to. That's right. Whether it's an old person or young person or kids, because kids also, uh, many kids are growing up, you know, very lonely because they don't have anybody at home. They are, you know, parents, both parents are working and, you know, they don't have anyone to talk to. So if we have tools or, you know, platforms that we create that everyone can, you know, use that and can have that interactive dialogue. They won't feel lonely and probably, you know, that would help create, you know, a lot of healthcare challenges also we are facing. Yes, yeah, that's precisely, yeah, and, and you uh, immediately caught on to that point. Uh, because uh, uh, there are improvement in the healthcare systems and people are living longer everywhere. It's not, average age has been increasing across the world because food is better. Of course, there are problems too, but I'm just saying in general, people are living longer and uh, situation is such that, uh, that uh, everyone cannot be with their elderly parents and so on. And similarly, uh, uh, in all the major countries and major metropolises, uh, the uh, uh, living style is that both a uh, couple or husband and wife have to work. So then kids are alone at home or elderly is alone at home and all those things, right? So, so it's actually uh, a kind of key domain that we are trying to address as we talk, like uh, we are trying to introduce these elements. Uh, so in that sense, actually, and, and that also creates an opening for us. If you think about this, uh, uh, I can clearly say that whatever Amazon and Google uh, device in this field, the ultimate, that's the business part. Business part is this, their, uh, their aim or goal is to, uh, in their business model, to try to make money off you, right? So, and, and which is what the same customer service uh, and, and, and any enterprise use is really based on efficiency. So if I have a business use for something, then in the enterprises or for like e-com or ordering pizza, it's better it, it has to be done as fast as and efficiently as possible because if my AI can put 50 orders of pizza versus 100 orders of pizza, that's better, right? And they are making this default system. So their AI is going towards that direction. But at the same time, there's a big thing is, and it's already there in the U.S. and Western Europe and Asia, Japan, even China, Korea. People are living longer and they are lonely and they are elderly and their uh, other faculties are going down. So at that point, uh, they do need these uh, elements of human. And that's why I said these four E's and that has been in my target now is empathy, emotions, and entertainment. And if we have that, then that could, it's just the quality of life. But then again, there is a, actually a, there is a business model there uh, in a sense that uh, homebound healthcare and elderly care is a big thing. 
So if the device has other sensors, other features, and 360 camera, 360 DVD, we can provide all other things. But the first part is, can it just make the life of that elderly better? Or even if I am, let's say, working in San Francisco and I have a young kid at home, so with the current devices, uh, I can just call and say, hey, what you're doing? You come back from school. Did you do homework or not? But kid can say anything. Yeah, I did. And uh, But then he could do anything you like. But if you have a device with 360 camera display and the talking, speaking, so I know precisely what is he doing. It's, so, so, of course, that gives for parents a use case scenario. But then uh, reverse of this is, is that it's a privacy issue, right? But if the parents have that permission to talk to their kid, then it's fine. If not, then we, people will take care of it through rules and regulations. So every technology has both sides to it. Of course, but it, it could be that there's such a positive, you know, uh, benefits that can emerge from this because there is so much value that can come out of it. There's not only loneliness, even for example, I, I was uh, a few months back, I was in my, when I was home in my backyard, I was moving my bird feeder and uh, uh, somehow there was a hole that my yard guy, you know, had forgotten to fill, and I, I tripped and I fell. Nobody yeah. was home that time. I fell and I could not get up. I thought that uh, I have, you know, some uh, damage probably in my brain because I my head hit the brick and I was afraid to get up because I didn't know what was, uh, you know, the problem. And I tried to, you know, nobody was home. I didn't have my phone with me. I don't carry my phone 24-7 all the time with me. So if we have these kind of tools where we can wear I mean, we have these iWatches and all those, you know, tools available, but they are not that effective here. So if we create a tool that, you know, anybody can use effectively, just a call my husband or call my daughter or call, you know, 911 or whatever, then they can effectively immediately call without, you know, much problem. These phones and all that, it seems very outdated now. We need to create new tools that are more effective using this conversational AI because, uh, you know, these are the things that we need if we want to create more efficiency, more affordability, more accessibility and more, you know, uh, benefits, uh, real time, you know, benefit if you want to provide to consumers, to everyone then we do need to take this next step and, you know, use this conversational AI so for the benefit of everyone. Right. But uh, that having said that, you know, my, my daughter was so nervous. Uh, she started, you know, searching that my mom, you know, I need to get her that something to wear. But she can, you know, I said, I'm not old now, you know, that I need to wear that. But at the same time, we do need those capabilities. Everybody right. knows that. Because it's going towards that. Yes. And it's certainly doable. And especially with a voice-based interface, then as simple as a thing, what you're saying, what the situation is talking about, a simple locket uh, uh, in your necklace or something like that, if it has this embedded uh, voice interface. And that's where the key difference comes in. Even all the current devices, you have to touch it, you have to punch something, and that's a two, three, or four-step process. Or sometimes even if it's a big phone, you have to pull it out of your pocket and so on. So if near your this upper body region, if you have something, even a small thing, 
then 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 that gives you the capability that uh, you can talk to other devices around you or then, then put a call there and talk to anywhere so some of these things will be taken care of automatically and and that's the key difference in this interfaces yes uh, that's the that's the benefit and the, those are the amazing advantages that this uh, conversational ai interface you know platforms will give us and i look forward to seeing those uh, advances the in the technology that will come that will benefit everyone you know and uh, we can create variables like you said uh, with this interface and uh, that would provide such amazing value but having said that let's talk about how if if you are an enterprise or any organization uh, irrespective of whether you are in industry or whether you are in government or anywhere if you want to pursue this conversational ai project capability or you want to create a chatbot how do you go for it how do you decide that how to whether this conversational ai is something that you need to uh, explore further for the benefits of your initiatives or for the benefits of uh, uh, you know what you have you know visualize what you vision you have How, what are the main criteria that would be important for them to uh, decide if they should pursue you know the conversational ai project so uh, maybe from it could be looked at from two levels one you are talking about enterprise or government uh, uh, and and second is maybe individuals uh, uh, and so on so from the enterprise and government it's always uh, connected with uh, introducing uh, some level of efficiency cost saving it means there has to be some benefits to the enterprise and government but at the, and and but from the government view point they have to be also careful in the sense whenever they include any technology especially the new technology and if they are not aware of it uh, it does introduces efficiency new way of doing things but at the same time that it it just opens up their weaknesses as well uh, security related weakness and practices related weaknesses and that's what the risk comes in so 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 i would say Uh, at least from their enterprises are generally smart enough they do their due diligence and they do spend time into it and they could clearly like uh, with even some few months involvement on a specific use case can figure out what are the risk involved what are the benefits involved what is the cost saving what is the efficiency and so on so they can they can decide in the government sometime it is not there part of reason is because they work mostly little bit on a longer term time scale and 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 responsibility factor is still missing so so there is a tendency uh, to really just get on to the bandwagon just because it's popular so 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 all they have to be just aware of that what are they trying to do and does it has a specific benefits for them and and if there is no risk and no uh, uh, leaking of the information and no conflicting values and so on coming to the picture or no or, or they are not dependent on any outside organization and all those stuff so so it's clear now other part is which you are asking uh, is um, uh, let me try to understand is more from also from uh, individual perspective if it's going to be uh, next generation of uh, interface of course the users and use cases people will learn from each other and once anything gets popular it will spread and my example is like whatsapp right 
it it is spread like anything and and i'm one of the late adopter to that but at the same time uh, uh people those who are working like technical people and who would like to get into ai who would like to get into conversational ai and really start thinking in terms of uh, from the technology perspective business perspective interest perspective and even future career perspective right so they are very clearly defined platforms are there they could get familiar with those languages they need to learn which is a typical case uh, happens is that and uh, so, so what they need to be aware of it that certain thing in any technology get uh, we, which we call as commoditized means it's open source everyone their brother and sister can do it so then they have to figure out what's the next level of difficulty so that depends on which stage of the career they are at and they can target to learn that skill set so let's step back so for example even to build such systems uh, conversational ai or ai itself like obviously which i mentioned you need a lot of translators you need speech to text text to speech then you need uh, which is called natural language processing natural language understanding and then getting into the next level which is intentions and all those things which i was talking about earlier then obviously there are major operating system and languages in which we so they need to be familiar with it and there you go so you are this thing now in terms of broader area of uh, artificial intelligence again uh, at least these bigger companies because they do need people um, uh, with the skill sets we we do need that and it turns out that uh, because ai is uh, hot at least good quality it's 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 difficult to get good quality people well trained people means as a tool anyone can push buttons and write few lines of code and can use it but to really understand and then use it to do something more creative that's where the challenges comes in and it's a, it's a process like it's a part of education it's a part of training yeah exactly you are absolutely right now that is a part of a uh, you know journey that they everyone individually will have to go through to decide you know what makes sense for their initiatives and investments but since conversation is our go to way of exchanging information for you know between man and machines or for humans and machines to work together they need to be able to interact in a much more natural way as we have been discussing you know for almost uh, 30 45 minutes yeah and, uh, we uh, we i mean there is going to be need for uh, you know new hardwares and there is going to be uh, need for uh, also computing to evolve because while the move uh, towards you know this uh, conversation might seem like a natural progression of uh, human computer interface this computing also needs to advance and evolve at the same time so how do you see computing uh, evolving or what which areas of computing you see that will need to evolve for us to be able to benefit from this uh, conversational ai yeah so so that that's a good question so if you think about especially in the current context if you, if you look at the, all the big players that's where like google apple and uh, amazon or facebook and so on uh, it's all uh, already like a cloud this whole back end exists and stays on the cloud right so that's where you have the servers databases major major compute thing happens there so and then also so so having said that so in a sense you can say if you are looking at those default system 
this brain or AI part actually stays in the cloud. Uh, what you have at the front end is a lot of communication of the signal or the voice command is getting and then the communication of that to your brain in the cloud. And that's where a lot of databases and brain and all the AI part exist. And it churns that machine and you get the answer comes in. Answer could come in terms of a simple voice-based response or getting information, give you response or performing some task. So having said, once you know this ba basic architecture, that is actually, that is a kind of a de facto architecture is happening. But there's the other side to it. I'll, I'll say it in more, but that's the dominant architecture. It's all these AI-based devices, which is the same in IoT, like internet connector. These are all cloud-based things. So especially in IO-based devices, the heavy load is done actually on cloud. And a lot of answers like early days of search engines, they have already been done and categorized. So that's why your answer comes very fast. So similarly, when AI has been trained, then it is there and answer comes very fast on the new query or new situation that becomes a new data, then it trains itself, right? So so, so what is happening uh, in terms of, uh, try to address your question, like on the hardware side, uh, 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 new chips and new compute board and new technologies are uh, developed by all the major now hardware player. And uh, if you know about it, Intel and NVIDIA are big players in that. And they have these GPUs, which is the same you, you're using for blockchain as well, right? So, but at the same time, besides GPU, they are every all the big major players, even some of the uh, not so well-known player, everyone is uh, developing their AI chip. So a lot of these, uh, tech, they are optimized and their design architecture, everything is optimized where they can use technique like uh, deep learning or Bayesian networks and so on and at a very low power and very fast thing. So, so, so there's a base hardware is being developed, right? Then boards that go with it is being developed. So that's one part of the hardware side. Now, other side is the uh, uh, front-end devices. That's where the Eco or Google Home or Apple's HomePod is really consumer-facing or user-facing devices. So we have a device up there. That's where we have a 360-degree wraparound display, 360 camera, and 360 speaker is your, uh, that's our device into the same ball field, right? So these are the new devices and hardware uh, 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 being developed. Now, 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 at the same time, now, uh, other popular fields like databases and queries and those things is also new things, is, which is already there actually uh, for in the last five years, is that previously in like you can say five to 10 years based, everything was on structured data like well-defined tables and columns, right? Which is with Oracle and so on. But right now is the unstructured data. The difference is all your uh, music file, video file, or sound, anything. So it's just in zeros and ones. There are no tables of columns of numbers. So all the te technologies which is developed for unstructured data in the databases and manipulating them, those that's another area evolving as fast. So having said that, you see like, so you have the cloud-based technology, you have a specialized chips being developed, you have new database technology and everything put together where there's a lot of communication is happening between the front-end device, which could be a robot or a smart speaker or a smart TV or a smart display and the cloud 
which is giving its smartness. So that's the current dominant architecture is there. So if that is the architecture, then immediately you realize is that uh, 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 because there's a lot of communication, so networking also new devices, new routers and all those things, AI-based routers and all those things are coming up. So there's a lot of things are happening because people have started to see the potential. But that also create will create the limits and bandwidths that uh, if you think about it, uh, just uh, sending a text file or a, even a voice file to the cloud and doing the processing and giving you the answer back is rather simple because if you think audio files are simple, but sometimes uh, uh, depend on what the query and what the task is, that task has to be accomplished with a lot of video files, image files, and all this kind. So that will create an old bottlenecks also. Then how do we do in so, so in a sense, a lot of underlying, that's what I'm trying to explain, is underlying contributing technologies. But those some of those were already happening because of the popularity of cloud and big data and analytics. Those are other fields. But now the features are in those technologies are being developed where we are introducing AI into those pieces. That's the broad architecture is. And other side comes in is that, for example, someone mentioned to me is that uh, what people are thinking and what we are thinking is that uh, uh, for everything, if you have your AI technology and if you can put it on a dongle on a USB or a locket shaped, locket size device, then of course for all your answers and everything, basic functions you can still do. It does not have to communicate all the time with the backend cloud. So you could localize it. So that would be the next level. And at that point, it could become low powered and low efficiency devices and so on. So that's the broader area. Yes, no, that that seems, uh, you know, the right way to go. And it would be, I really look forward to having those capabilities. But as you and uh, innovators like you and companies like yours, you know, are trying to develop these capabilities, what complex challenges you are facing and you think that you will face in the coming years to make this into a reality? Well, uh, so, so again, like... Uh, uh, if I was working with a bigger uh, tier one corporation, then all you have to write is a proposal. And if they buy it, they will throw resources at you. So first thing that uh, first challenge I face all the time is you always work with a small team and less resources. But at the same time, that attitude I have developed, I do not have to limit my ambition and so on. So you have to really think that uh, you, that's part of the picture uh, where you say, okay, my team is eight or 10 and my computer resources are small and blah, 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 right? What I can do <laughs> in how much time, in how much cost, which could still be, it's just one thing. People have to uh, just think and say, oh, wow, that's it, right? It's different and it has some value. So at that point, we can make it. So, so in that sense, and that is why, like, if you then go back to it, uh, when two years back, uh, this uh, company was uh, founded at that point, this Alexa and so on was just starting. And I could immediately see that this is a command based system. Uh, 
So rather than in, in getting into conversation part now that initially when I made my goals and so on and I filed some patent, it's really right off the bat that we will focus on conversation part, right? So then we are lucky that by the time they release their demo and we can release their demo too. And it's doing pretty good, even with limited resources, right? So similarly, uh, so all you have to keep track of what others are doing, what their resources are, and then where we are going. So in that sense, rather than address the big area, because we don't have that, so we focus on the human part, because the way I define is this which is actually an interesting issue which i don't think anyone is addressing so so let me give you some cue cards in there even though i should not say it but it's a part of and they will realize it too we say it human machine interface right uh, conversationally is a human machine interface so if you look from in general industries approaches everything they want to give it to the computer or a robot or the ai to really understand and respond to you but I say, no, there's a flaw in that logic because human-machine interface has two parts. There is a machine part, but there's a human part. So irrespective of, and it could be like 10, 20, 30 years down the road, your AI would be perfect. So it could behave like a human. But it's not there. It's not going to be there for next five years, 10 years, but that's where our opening is. So right off the bat, if we focus on the human part of and then try to alleviate the issue which is being faced by the human, and that's why some of the specific examples I was discussing is really more from the human part because in our initial user survey or user group who talked with our device, I saw there's a big variance in the data. Some kids or some technology familiar people, you ask them, hey, sit with my device and just talk to it, right? So they would talk. There was a guy, old guy, he talked for one and a half hour because he had that patience, he's willing to, because he wants to talk, right? But at the same time, there are people who feel uncomfortable. They don't know what to say to device. So after one thing, one, and they all they learn from the TV and advertisement is this command. So, but how many commands can you get? You say, okay, tell me the weather, play me the music, or play this video. But that's pretty much it, right? So there is a human part. Over a period of time, the human part, which is what I'm trying to address, human itself will evolve. Yes. And, 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 and that's a bigger issue coming up. And, and and because we always you always can learn from backward and he even I, and, and that and then I can project it onto the future. Let's go back fifty years. When TV came in, versus then computer came in and smartphone came in and mobile 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 phone came in and so on. Right at the same time, you see more and more people are wearing eyeglasses. That's evolution. It's happening at a very fast pace. But in my mind, it's not happening over thousands of years, but it's happening at over 50 years. More and more younger kids and people are wearing glasses, contact lenses, getting eye surgery done and all this, blah, blah, blah. Okay, so what would be the reverse of that? And that's next 50 years. If I take away these flat screens, right, and my near term, like with a TV screen or a smartphone, that's what we are we are going. Then, if you think about it, voice based inter I can close my eyes and then interact with it. So, hopefully, if uh, voice based interaction becomes predominant, maybe uh, human will evolve back again, and eyes eyes will start to turn healthy. 
this is how you project onto the means human itself have to evolve and then so what are the other faculties so and that's where this thing comes in is that uh, 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 for example i say ability to talk right it's not uniform even among human in, in you mentioned there are uh, shy people there are lonely people there are forget the robot and no, no, maybe they will feel more comfortable with a robot but with other human they are shy they are they are not comfortable right it's a better so those are specific elements where the behavior will change and behavior could change for good or not good right but potential is there but in general then i joke about is that especially for uh, with my even in my family wife and in my company also if the conversational ai uh, and uh, uh, you just take it in the joke say conversational ai comes in then women will have some advantage over men because there's a data men don't like to talk yes right so 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 i'm saying is so so slowly and slowly with this comes in so there would be next level of evolution but that's what it's always happening and that pace is accelerating and 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 so on so 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 then now let's focus on the conversation part yes. is that ability to listen to someone ability to get the intention because uh, see in the early stages robot is a more precise meaning driven but human converts differently how do we build that element on, and then but building that element is not totally depend on the device itself because the way human perceive that conversation is also changes from person to person right absolutely so so that's where we are trying to focus that's where we are trying to push and we'll try to do that no i think that's a, that's an excellent idea because uh, while we lot of people are focusing on computational intelligence machine intelligence we have to focus on human intelligence because that evolution has to go hand in hand if, if humans are not going to evolve if their intelligence doesn't you know evolve and if we keep addressing only the computational intelligence and make computers more and more smarter and you know that uh, that intelligence takes over human intelligence is going to be disastrous for human race and humanity so we that's the risk yes exactly that's where i was going that's the risk and that's the disruption we don't want to go towards that. that side right so so at the same time lot of right now because it's in the early stages it's really focusing on that but given a chance even with what we are trying to do now is always trying to think more from the human viewpoint and then see what would be the comfort level how can i build in uh, so that uh, effect should be is to enhancing the human rather than uh, Uh, which is what the danger or some some speculation of the danger is replacing the human or or maybe limiting the human behavior right yes. so at least uh, i would like to be in the camp where uh, my <laughs> or my companies or my future projects ai's goal should be into enhancing the human in yes. one way or the other no that's the that's the right strategy and that's way to go because if you think about the uh, all the humans across nations everyone has talents everyone has intelligence it's just that they don't have the right platform or they don't have the right way of you know getting heard or giving their viewpoint so if we have to our focus is to you know 
go towards collective intelligence because the challenge is that nature of the risks that are coming our way, security risks, there is no nation or any government or any institution that can manage those risks on their own or even identify those risks on their own. Because of this do-it-yourself movement and democratization of information, anybody right now, you know, with the CRISPR technology and synthetic biology advancing and everything, Anybody can create an, an organism, entire living organism from scratch. Right. Like, you know, a very smart computer scientist can write the computer code of, you know, human genome. I mean, and or any genome and, you know, any human probably would be very difficult at this point. But any, you know, the small genome and can create an organism, uh, you know, by itself. So if how are we going to know where, you know, somebody is trying to create a pathogen, a virus or a bacteria or something, and that is coming your way, that could, you know, create a pandemic uh, or epidemics. And, you know, these are the kind of risks that are coming our way. I mean, sitting somewhere, someone can wipe out the agriculture of, you know, an entire nation. These are the challenges that we are facing. So um, how are we going to identify this risk? How are we going to know who is developing this kind of uh, uh, products? I mean, the, this kind of uh, pathogens or any other product that could uh, wipe out humanity. Uh, that is not possible to, you know, uh, we don't have a capability right now to identify those pathogens or who is developing those pathogens because you can mail order, you know, there are labs who would do certain things and send it to you. There is no way to know all these things. So That's right. how to do that? We need to take benefit from the collective intelligence. We need to create a citizen armed force. You know, everyone should be looking out, you know, across, you know, nations that where, you know, if somebody is doing something that seems like, you know, would create a disaster for the community within their nation or other nations, then there that we need to create an incentive system where, you know, people feel that, no, I need to report this. I need to, you know, uh, make sure that, you know, the right people come to know this so we can prevent this disaster happening. So the collective intelligence that needs to be developed, you know, and for the, you know, especially managing security risk, it is so very important. And, you know, I'm working on that, you know, we're working on that to see how to make it very effective and how to develop that. But uh, to your point, yes, we absolutely need to increase human intelligence we need to evolve human intelligence the so far you know over the years the human in, uh, evolution happened only because of this you know genetic uh, uh, you know evolution happening but now we have the capability that we can you know uh, rapidly increase that evolutionary process and you know we have to uh, focus on that so i'm glad you are working on that and i'm glad that you are and scientists like you are addressing the, those very critical areas having said that what would you like to tell our global viewers and listeners and especially those young minds who are passionate about solving problems where should they focus Oh, where should they focus within uh, AI or conversational AI or yeah, AI or you know if you want to give broader response to that, that's fine. Yeah, so there one one thing is there because that's broader is more in the AI area. Um, uh, we already and others uh, much more uh, uh, famous and and, and well known people. Uh, beside me have already recognized it's like any other technology think about nuclear technology or fossil fuel technology in the beginning it's for the good of the society and it does good and but at the same time like uh, it has the adverse effect also right 
And then that's where the risk management and the rules and regulation and monitoring and all those things come into the play. So similarly, in general, broader AI does have a, a scary part to it in a sense uh, that it could be, uh, it could become, because as long as data is available and the learning technique is built into it, and it can figure out what is its power source system is, and, uh, and basically it can train itself. So it becomes a loop. It can train itself to be smarter and more dominating, more powerful uh, than the human being itself. So right. So that part is called, <clears throat> and at that point it could uh, become. And then uh, since AI is there, then uh, AI driven that AI, which is which is that area is called. AGI, artificial general intelligence. So AGI, uh, AGI uh, uh, conceptually could be able to build even the mechanical devices, robots or machines or something, and could go against that. So that's where existential threat, like any which is you are talking about the pathogen, it could come from this. Earlier, it came from nuclear energy or those kinds of things. So similarly, AI also itself has a dark side to it, right? And those things, uh, again, my view, and, and, and it is there that over a period of time, like uh, people do recognize, identify it. And of course, there would be some people who would like to drive towards this, some organizations, some countries might like to drive towards it. But at the same time, in the broader level, then rules and regulations and the limits and all those things come into the picture. So everyone hopes that it does not go towards that way, right? Or, or let's try to be in a active voice in opposing anyone who's trying to do that. That could be the individual or a group or a region's contribution towards that. So <clears throat> having said that, so that's more from the risk uh, uh, idea that you are describing and so on, so that even younger minds, in one sense, it could be fascinating to work on AI which could train itself, but then they have to be aware of the dark side of it as well. Similarly, robotic devices, they are fascinated to work on it, but then there are dark sides, certain things which we want to make. And there have been robots that have been built, uh, which could really, and they are already being demo and so on, and some of them could be on defense-related uh, contracts and so on. Especially the company like Boston Dynamics have demonstrated, right? You have seen those robots. They can run faster than a tiger or a dog and they can think, they can see, they can... Uh, uh, like almost really like you have seen these movies, right? Uh, 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 Terminator kind. Of. So they have the physical capability. And, 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 and they have been the demo that uh, if human oppose them, they really push away the human as well. So, so, it, so, so, so those are the kind of the thing. So, so, so having said that, and, and having shown the darker side of any technology, which is what I'm, we are talking about, AI and robotics here, uh, there is a wave, actually. Uh, for example, that happened within Google. It's happening within Amazon and so on. Employees and scientists, they're coming, it out. they're coming out within the organization themselves on their internal forum and boards. And, uh, because these are the driver. At the end of the day, it is going to be driven by these big corporations. They have the muscle resources and the brains and the compute power and the resources, right? 
so they are coming out and specifically coming out uh, and and and, and uh, corporations are listening to it i think google already said that so so that they are asking they think they are not going to develop or use or develop any ai for defense contractors so so in a sense so that's where some of the areas so some so younger people anyone new has to be there is a wave and similar thing is happening at amazon and some other also so so when technology comes in and people are aware of the dark side of it so there is a human reaction to it so what i'm saying is it may not be that well uh, well known this thing but uh, technologically aware people and in places like silicon valley we are aware of it and and there is a reaction to that right having said that uh, uh, when younger people are come so they have to choose so if uh, which is more from education and training and the career perspective so the way i look at it is, is this that a person has to decide i never like even when i grew up i never put a career or a job ahead of what i want to do and and even from very young age i always uh, i said well we'll see and then fortunately i survived in each scenario and each time i survived i emerged stronger and and right now that gives me a lot of independence and also that gives me actually figure out a method to jump into a totally new field where where i say to myself i don't know anything about it but if i put 6 months on it i would be as good as anyone else so these are some of the th- i'm not saying boasting but this is the kind of the rules you have to lay down for yourself with the age you will pursue different skill sets different age you will pursue different skill set so there is a system to that so having said that in my mind and especially if suppose this goes to younger generation in india they are so career driven so job driven even here also it's happening right and brand name all these things is changes right you have already seen that college tuition college thing is so expensive in us people are really pursuing their passion so in that sense let's coming back to having given the general perspective in robotics and ai they have to choose what they like to do and then they can this field is big enough then they can find a way to do that let me give you the example if it's a mechanical bent person they like to play with their hands and build things they can go into the robotics and it's a maker movement that's where 3d printing or solid state de- design and those thing come in if they like to more think in terms of the mathematics and so on they can go into the deep science of mathematics underlying this technique because at the end of the day there are still algorithms right if they like to code or want to spend a lot of time with coding and something they could get into that part so it depends on what they because at the end of the day at least my advice and my experiences that which is different is that if you are not happy then you will you will always be miserable person so so something comes on the cost of something else but that has been my uh philosophy so in that sense they could choose the field is big enough and that is why so some people come into okay i will not develop the technology i will not develop the mathematics and i will not develop the uh even the mechanical part but i want to make something product right which is what the human interface is that's become actually uh, something new is coming up if you think about it if it's going to be conversational interface then 
my my this is my speculation is uh, because once the programming coding and the technology has been developed and machine can build its own machine and 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 intelligence can start to build some smaller so what do we need we need more content creation so there has to be some focus back on to even liberal arts discipline someone likes to be an artist someone likes to be a language expert right and that's why already there means uh, <clears throat> of course it's one thing to use uh, current nlu tools or nlp tools nlp means natural language processing right no specifically in conversation or natural language understanding that's why i say understanding has these nuances right but so one is really from making the tool and then applying the tool but at the end of the day uh, uh, my perception and belief is some person who is really working on improving the nlu technology they have to be language expert means they have to love the playing with different languages and also what does it really mean what is the intention which is we are getting into more real like a philosoph- philosophical or philosopher realm right and and at that point it starts to become interesting so based on that and and and, and the way the audio data is being communicated shared and so on with the video data and the image data i think at the end of the day if ai and robotics become really predominant so it will happen or it could happen is that uh, jobs would be taken away and we have to figure out what would be the source of income but then let's suppose having problem that there would be more focus on the liberal art discipline so if there's a very young person is there they're interested they should just pursue their passion if they're good enough they will survive and they could be expert in application of ai into figuring it out uh, next generation of uh, human robot or human machine interface and i can give the example that's what we so so it's like you push the envelope like uh, with the pure voice based interface amazon did a wonderful thing they said that you can the any which is where we started when we started talking about this interview and talk is you can key part is which is what what is the key part key part is you can talk to your machine or interface with your machine from anywhere in the room that's what these uh, amazon echo or smart speakers given that okay so when we filed the patent came up our response so with a simple 360 degree display and a 360 degree sound and a camera so what we are saying is even though this thing is not moving it's on a table so i can really address uh, to this device which has the speaking cable capability which is conversational ai but also it goes with the audio visual so you have already expanded the field because if you have a 360 display so again i don't have to be sitting on anywhere i can really look at what device means that's what so so that's how you try to push and think through it and see what you could do which could really give you some kind kind of an edge absolutely so right. so so for example uh, my learning lesson okay amazon put it uh, voice based interface so can i make it voice plus visual interface that seems like a next step but it could be big it could not be big but that's what you do you just push something more right yes 
we have to keep pushing forward and we have to focus on the passion uh, that we have we have to find a that's the key actually that's the key my advice to all young people is i know that they have to sometime go against their parents sometime they have to go against their friends or something like that but that's life if means you should do what you want to do and you enjoy doing it and you can think yourself that okay yeah i could be passionate about it yes. then you do it otherwise there's no point very true no that's excellent advice so thank you so much dr shivastav thank you for participating in risk roundup today we appreciate your thoughtful insight on explaining the conversational ai and our global viewers and listeners would benefit tremendously from the understanding you provided on the state of conversational ai so even if a single individual or entity can understand the power of the ai voice interface that is rapidly advancing to redefine and redesign how man and machine communicates based on the understanding they received from the discussion we had today this risk round of dialogue has been of service and we thank you for that i i thank you and appreciate you for giving me this platform to express my view and i think you have created a very nice forum and it uh, goes long way towards uh, increasing broader awareness of all these new technologies and how it's going to affect uh, everyone countries nation people in future so i appreciate that thank you so much so thank advancing you. advancing the ability of computers to interact with us in a more natural way is critical for the uh, ai human relationship to reach its full potential ai human or man machine relationship to reach its fullest potential risk roundup a global initiative launched by risk group is a security risk reporting for risk emerging from existing and emerging technologies technology convergence and transformation happening across cyberspace geospace and space we at risk group believe that risk management security and peace they walk together hand in hand though security is related to management of threats and peace to the management of conflict risk management is related to management of security vulnerabilities as well as management of conflict and it is not possible to conceive any one of the three without the existence of the other two all three concepts feed into each other we believe that the security we build for ourselves is precarious and uncertain until it is secure for everyone across nations tradition becomes our security so if we build a culture of managing risk effectively it will lead us to security and security will lead us to peace so let's manage the existing and emerging risk together for more information on the risk roundups to watch the risk roundup webcast or hear the risk roundup podcast please go to riskgroupllc.com and do not forget to subscribe and share until next time i'm jayshree host of risk roundup signing off see you next time thank you